Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge in our week one college football mega preview. This is the week that college football stands up and they're counted all weekend long. There are games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And we're going to change things up just a little bit on the show this year. We're going to look at the big games. Then we'll look at our best bets as well. So I encourage you to have your paper like me, have your pen or pencil like me. Knowledge is power. This is where you get the information. Then take it to your own sports book and make your own plays because not every sports book is the same. So as Greg said in the chat, I've been waiting all damn day for this show. Every single Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Guess what, Greg? So have we. Let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them, you love them, and week one, we're going to do introductions all the way around. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time as a main cast member on our college football content, EC, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you, Coach. Glad to be here. Honored to be on with you, Chip, and AB, and just ready to make some more good picks. You know, baseball, it hasn't gone well for me, but college football, a two-in-one start, and a lot of picks on this show and on the site this week. Yeah, by the way, if you listen to that little Arizona Wildcats podcast that goes on in the yeah, they might have had a big star as their guest on the show this week. Just we had Chip the other week. Yeah. Is that who you're referring to? I was, I was like, yeah. oh man, that's really nice for you to talk about me that way, coach. I really appreciate it. Up next, he is everything college football for us at Sportsline and the early is. He's a five-tool player. A B, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. You know, I really appreciate that invite to the podcast here. It's a great time over there. Uh, number two, I do like EC that it took seven seconds for you to start talking about baseball picks, even though I'm kidding around with that. But I do have to say, you carried us last week, man. Well done on that one, buddy. You hit, what, two out of three, so nice job there. And, uh, yeah, man, look, the energy, chip, coach, it's palpable. It certainly is. We're all over the Phillies, by the way. And in the chat, speaking of baseball, my man just went yard again. Three-run shot, 6-5. Let's go, Philadelphia. But ladies and gentlemen, last week, yeah, we did a show. We, we like to call it kind of a soft launch because we didn't have the full team in place. But you know there is only one. There is only one. Good afternoon to Chip Patterson. Hello, Chip. 
Oh, good afternoon, Coach. Good afternoon, EC. Good afternoon, AB. It's CP here as we're getting ready to break down everything. Listen, I've been telling y'all that my favorite part about this Wednesday show, and you know, we've been doing this for a couple years now here on the Early Edge, is that we really get the first bite at the apple. We get some of the best lines, and we have had scenarios in the past, and we'll have them in the future, where you better be watching this show because – when I circle back around for Big Pick Energy Friday or when I'm talking to you on uh, 11 a.m. on game day on CBS Sports HQ, the numbers there are not the numbers that we get here because those things move. So fired up to spend every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Just go ahead and put it on that calendar and come hang out with us. There's nobody better. There's nobody better. All right, gentlemen, here's how we're going to do it this year. We're going to do a top five games of the week. All three of you are going to comment on them. If you have a pick, great. If it's more of a lean, let's be very, very clear on that as well. Then you'll have your own particular best bets, and we'll start with Thursdays, Fridays, all the way through the weekend, and we'll go in order. Does that sound good? Oh, love it. Great. All right, let's get into it. All right, game number one, and this is going to be a really good one because Utah has their quarterback back. Florida is down there in the SEC, and it's only going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. Here are the numbers. Utah favored by four and a half at home in Salt Lake City. The game's being played. The total is 44. Chip, I'm going to start with you. How are you attacking this game? Uh, number one, I'm operating with the assumption that Cam Rising is not going to play. He may be healthy enough, and he has been you know, trying to work his way back, but I'm going to assume that he's not going to be there, and it's going to be tougher for Utah to be able to score. I know Utah's really excited about their freshman uh, wide receiver. I believe his name's Mikey Matthews, but this is a passing attack that I think is going to really take some time to be able to get its feet, even when Rising returns. I think that Florida, you know, Graham Mertz is not somebody who I'm really intimidated by, especially going on the road to one of the best home field environments that we've seen i think the move to four and a half is kind of preposterous but my lean here is going to be to attack the total because great rock fight potential here as i think utah will be playing a backup quarterback it'll be a graham mertz on the road situation and florida's just going to try not to make mistakes very conservative play a lot of field goals a lot of punting in plus territory ultimately low scoring i'm going to go under EC, are you surprised based off what Chip just said? Even though on paper the quarterback is back. We talked about it on your podcast yesterday, but they're being very close to the vest with their information right now. And without a good quarterback, you're still favored over the Florida Gators. But yet I'm looking at your pick. Maybe you're not. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach. I mean, the last time Florida played a non-conference road game outside of the state of Florida, I was in second grade. I think maybe even first, 1991. Think about that. That's ridiculous. So Utah, I, I on the site, I got it at six and a half. I'm making this an official play. I'm rolling with Utah minus four and a half on this program to cover the line against Florida. I agree with what Chip said. Not a fan of Graham Mertz. He was dreadful at Wisconsin. I mean, true. They only have 11 returning starters. And get this, over the last two years, no team outside of 2022 USC has come within 10 points of Utah at home. Plus there's a revenge angle from last year. This one seems too easy. Well, there's a lot of different ways to attack a game, and if you're not sure on which side you like, maybe you attack a team total, A.B. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and it, it, it pretty much shows that, yeah, QB's probably not going to play because this line dropped from six and a half to four and a half, and this line's been all over the board because no one has a clue. It went all the way up to seven and a half, almost eight in terms of Utah, but look, I would lean Florida. I'm going Florida team total over 20 and a half, getting that at plus 100. And I'll tell you why. All right. Florida head coach, Billy Napier, this dude. Okay. 23 games in his coaching career. He's been an underdog. 
He's covered the spread in 74% of them. And if you say, oh, well, you know, that was at Louisiana. Last year at Florida, he had six games as an underdog. Covered five of them. This dude takes that mentality seriously. And I don't think that this Utah team is the same as they were the last two years. Now, I'm not doubting them. And I'm not calling Florida to win. Even though Billy Napier in those 23 games has won 10 of them outright. I'm going to go Florida team total because whether Florida wins, loses, covers, doesn't cover, they're getting three touchdowns. It's interesting to see what the quarterback position is going to look like for Florida now that Anthony Richardson is playing in the NFL in Indianapolis. If we find another Anthony Richardson, it could be a really fun day. So we'll have to see week one. That's the beauty of college football. You just never know. It changes all the time. Oh, Game- Mertz ain't it. I know it. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. I just need <laughs> to let the people know that I do know. There, there ain't no. Listen, there's a cat named DJ Lagway who's a five-star in the upcoming recruiting class. He could play as a true freshman. He is legit. Had eight touchdowns in his first high school game this fall season. But it ain't great, Mertz. He ain't it. That ain't going to be Anthony Richardson. Chip's right. Hashtag educate and entertain. Knowledge is power. Game number two, Ohio State. They just announced their starting quarterback yesterday. So C.J. Stroud, he's out. Now we got a new one in, and they are a 30-point favorite, number three preseason in the country at Indiana. The total has been fluttering around 58 and a half. This is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern game on Saturday. EC, I'm going to go to you. You like the total in this one. Why? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Coach, in the last two years, OSU has put up 54 and 56 on Indiana. I mean, the total's 58 and a half. All we need is a field goal at that point, right? Indiana has only three returning starters on defense, and 15 of the last 21 Ohio State games have gone over. Read this great article on CBSSports.com the other week, talked about best over teams when it comes to betting. Ohio State is in the top five. We will bet their overs until proven otherwise. They will score 50 yet again this week on Indiana. I think to EC's point, Chip, when you're talking about playing in the Big Ten and you know there's always going to be two or three teams that are really close, you got to separate yourself. And one of the ways of doing that is putting the foot on the gas pedal. Do you think they will do that this weekend? 100%. Ohio State, lay them. We are going to lay all 30 of these points because this number's way too low and it's an official play. And if you're a Sports Sign subscriber, which what are you even doing if not? And you've got the notifications turned on. Again, fantastic idea. You would know that this is already up on the site, already up on the app. So, principle that we are putting in place, a couple different spots on the board. If you have a quarterback competition that is going into week one, that means that both of these coaches and both of these offensive coordinators are going to be wanting to go to the backup and give the backup an opportunity to go get touchdowns. That's going to lead EC. Yes, I agree to a whole lot of points for Ohio State because when Kyle McCord goes out and Devin Brown goes in, as Ryan Day has said, they're not going to ask Devin Brown to just go out there and hand the ball off and run the spring game offense. They want to see that what that boy looks like with live bullets, what it looks like on Saturdays, what it looks like when he gets hit. So I think Ohio State is going to stay aggressive deeper into the game than they would otherwise. The other piece of this is we can just look at Ohio State's defense, which, yes, against uh, a Penn State and against a Michigan, you know, did end up getting a little leaky. But against anybody that's lesser competition, all last year with new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, now in year two, heading into 2023, 
absolute nails. I mean, we're talking like 10, 10, 14, 20, 14, 10. They just squeeze the life out of teams. And so I look at this with an Ohio State offense that already is one of the best in the country. They're going to be more aggressive even when the game gets a little bit out of hand because they want to see what the backup can do. And then the defense, I think, is playing with some real pride uh, after you know giving up a boatload of points to the likes of Michigan, Penn State, and Georgia. So I, I see another blowout win. I'm going to have to probably bring this up to miserable Matt on Friday too, but uh, but this is going to be a spot where I think the Buckeyes on 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS and Paramount Plus, they're going to be putting on a show. Well, speaking of the sniper, Big Cheesy says, I'm tailing snipers, Hoosiers. So he's opposite you, Chip. And, A.B., you want to educate Big Cheesy a little bit while you're also leaning towards the Buckeyes? Yep, I'll tell you right here. All right, the last 28 times in a row – that Ohio State and Indiana have played, Ohio State has won 28 times in a row. <laughs> they are not worried about Indiana whatsoever. And here's the best part. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Ohio State because the best player in the country is playing wide receiver for Ohio State. His name is Marvin Harrison Jr. And there's not a thing Indiana can do about it. You can bring the whole state Larry Bird into play. They're not stopping Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going for three tutties. He's going for 200 yards. They're going to pull Harrison out of this game before they pull the quarterback out of this game. He's a nightmare matchup. And if you want to know how good Marvin Harrison is, Last year, he didn't drop a single pass until the Michigan game. That's the last game of the season. This dude doesn't drop anything at all. He's going to be just like his dad, a monster. It's not an official play for me, but I'm leaning Ohio State. Take him. Ryan Day smashes teams, man. Like, yeah. So many Chick-fil-A nuggets right there. We could actually eat those because college football is on Saturdays. Most hey, of the can time. I give you a Chick-fil-A nugget real quick? Always. Let's see, brought up overs. This is for both of you, especially you, Coach. Thursday night next week in the NFL, we have the Lions and the Chiefs. Since the NFL started tracking totals in 1979 in week one games, the Lions and the Chiefs are the two best over teams in NFL history. The last 12 week one games in a row, the Lions have hit the over in all 12. The Chiefs, 10 out of 12. So a little something to think about. You see, I know you're looking a little confused right now. This is still a college show. He just kind of he's, he's paying it forward. He's paying it forward. That's what we call it. Coach, I want to tell you another nugget. My little Chick Fil A nugget on this Ohio State Indiana game. So we're going to see a the quarterback uh, rotation with the Buckeyes. Devin Brown. I guess he's a redshirt freshman. He's one of the few quarterbacks in the NCAA who's wearing a number that is not one through nineteen. He's wearing number thirty three in honor of Sammy Baugh, the nineteen thirties and forties NFL quarterback. Very rare that he would go back to that, but as Chip will tell you, it's just kind of a kind of a weird one. Excited to see him play. All of that information that you got, I, I encourage you to go back and watch the last two minutes and then ask yourself, do you want to do the work? I didn't think so. Uh, I do have a quick chat question on the total. Let me go to Chip on this one. 41 and a half minus 127 from Spelldog1522. Any thoughts? Spelldog. 41 and a half for Florida and Utah is, uh, is, is it like an adjusted same game parlay? That's three points lower than the market. Yeah. So, and I can only go by what they're saying in there. So I'm maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's, he's laddering it down, trying to go over at. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, no, I do not endorse that. You know, my, my thought is it's going to be tough, especially if Bryson Barnes is playing. And if we were just to take a bar bet right now, this is not Intel necessarily, but my informed guess is that 
Cam Rising doesn't play because Cam Rising doesn't have to play for Utah to accomplish its goals. Utah can win this game without Cam Rising playing, and Utah is more concerned about winning a Pac-12 championship than it is about necessarily beating Florida. So I I, th- I could see if Cam Rising uh, doesn't play in this game, U- Utah still wins, but they do it by being extra conservative, and that's probably going to lead to a rock fight. Why would you ever want to play an under in the 40s ever? It's just not fun. Why would you ever want to do that? I don't care if it is the right play. Why would you? I mean, oh, that would be. I um, have one later in the show, Coach. Just in Chip's honor, I have one later in the show. Just for you. See, you don't think I'm a next. You don't think I know that? Don't ruin my play. That's exactly why I said things. Come on. (laughs) Damn. All right, game number three. We got to keep this moving because we could be here all day if we wanted to, but that's not what the early edge is all about. Thank you, Snake. West Virginia at number seven, Penn State. 20 and a half is the number. The total is 50 and a half. A.B., let's start with you because all three of you just have a lean on this one. Talk to me. Yeah, no official play here, and I'll keep it quick. We're able to go with West Virginia, 20 and a half. Uh, quite frankly, I'm just playing a number here. Um, I, I don't think that Penn State is necessarily going to start looking like USC, putting up 70 points in a game. James Franklin does get conservative when he's up late in games, run the football. Again, not a ton of faith in West Virginia, but I'm playing a number here. Uh, just doesn't feel like that large of a win. All right, Chip, you agree with that lean? I agree with the pick, but uh, it is not playing a number. It's playing the vibes because all summer, this West Virginia team has been told they stink, right? <laughs> and Neil Brown's going to be out here, and he's going to be letting his locker room know everybody out there thinks you stink. They got picked last in the conference. Neil Brown's furious about it, piping off to anybody who would listen. Neil Brown is on the hot seat right now. A lot of people saying he's the first Power 5 coach that's going to be fired this year. I think that this West Virginia team has big chip on the shoulder energy. And let's just look at the fact that in the last two years, you know, you only play three non-conference games in the Big 12 schedule. West Virginia is fearless because out of those three non-conference games they play every year, in the last two years, they played two against Power 5 opponents. So they've gone up, you know, they've gone to Maryland. They've gone to Pitt. They've gone up against Virginia Tech twice in a home-and-home. And in all those games, West Virginia comes out, you know, covers the spread, and plays with a little bit of dog in them. I mean, they play better than the expectation, and I think that's going to happen here. I like their offensive line. I think their defensive front is respectable. I do not like their quarterback whatsoever. I also picked them last, but this is not picking their wins and losses. This is picking their covers, and I kind of think Aline might be... Listen, if this thing hits 21, I'm gobbling it up. You'll hear it on Friday, but at 20 and a half, I'm going to say just Aline. I think West Virginia is going to be a little feisty in the spot. Yeah, and leave it to your boy EC to be the contrarian. He's going the other way on this one. EC, why do you like Penn State? Yeah, I like Penn State, Coach, because uh, in their last five games, their last five first games of the year against non-conference games, uh, non-Big Ten related, they scored 44 points in each of them, or 44 or more in each of them. They're going to put up points with Drew Aller, who is a, a you know former top prospect, going to be probably better in his career than Sean Clifford. I like them a lot, so I would lean Penn State and lean over, but not an official play. All right, very, very good. Those are our thir- first three of our top five games of the week. For those of you putting questions into the chat, I'm writing as many as I can down, and we'll do them at the end of the show. So don't think we won't get to a bunch, but I'm trying to keep that flow going. You have any questions, put them in there. We'll do a little rapid fire at the end of the show. But as you know, here at CBS, we are thrilled to work for a company that not only is big in the NFL, but also in college football. And Thursday night on the CBS Sports Network, I can't wait for this one. Make it very, very simple on yourself. Download the CBS Sports app. Up in the corner, you'll see tabs. 
the network, HQ, all that kind of stuff. All you got to do is hit one. Just change it back and forth, and we'll cover all the games in the CBS family every week, or we will try to. Now, this one could be the game of the week. Certainly when you're talking about a top 10 matchup on paper, AB, it's the game of the week. And all of you, all of you have something different in this game. We're talking number five LSU. This game being played at Camping World Stadium. And that's in Orlando. The same stadium, by the way, where I met Snoop Dogg for the first time at WrestleMania, the same year Ric Flair retired for the first of eight times. So they're taking on Florida State, <laughs> number eight, uh, the total 56 and a half. So I'm going to start with EC on the LSU side of things. Why do you think the Tigers are the play? Well, this is a revenge angle game, Coach. Last year, if you remember, with nine minutes left, FSU was up 24 to 10 in the Superdome. LSU went and got a touchdown 24-17, scored on the last play of the game, 24-23, and had the extra point blocked. This is payback time. I know you like Florida State. You mentioned that on my Arizona podcast yesterday. You like Florida State, but I'm going to lean LSU. Don't have a, a big uh, play in this one because the game is in Florida. Obviously, the Seminoles will have an advantage there. Lean LSU. I think the Tigers have a chance to be really good, like national title level good this year in year two of Brian Kelly. The best part about playing a game like this is that no matter if you win or lose, by October, they've forgotten unless you had a big win. It doesn't hurt you as much as if you play this game at the end of October or in November. Hill 2 Top says, FSU, take the points. Chip, tell me why you agree with that on a lean. Yeah, I think that LSU is, uh, number one, not going to be without maybe its second or third best defensive player. Defensive tackle Mason Smith has been suspended for this game for the absolutely dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. He got suspended for an autograph signing that would be perfectly legal in the NIL era, but the NCAA is saying because it didn't happen in the NIL era, oh, he God. now has to serve a suspension. Oh, it's worse, Coach. He was on the team last year injured the whole season with an ACL. NCAA said none of those count for your suspension. It has to be a game where you're healthy. It is ridiculous. And after LSU loses, that's what they'll say to the college football playoff selection committee. Oh, we didn't have Mason Smith. You can't count that game against us. But seriously, there's a lot of personnel issues right now. Denver Harris, the transfer from Texas A&M, uh, part of that secondary, it hasn't really worked out. I haven't really heard a lot of good buzz about him. Um, the, the secondary in general, a lot of transfer portal additions, not really sure that's come together. And that is bad news going up against Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson. And oh, by the way, Keon Coleman, the transfer from from Michigan State, a guy who NFL scouts say has second-round potential. He just left Sparty after spring practice. Bye, Coach Tuck. I'm going to go to a team that's actually going to compete this year. Jumps onto Florida State. Everything I've heard from Tallahassee is this dude's an absolute stud. This passing attack is going to be a problem. LSU secondary is its team weakness. And as the chat mentioned earlier, John Emery, the one of the maybe two to three big running backs in that rotation, he is not going to be available for team reasons. And so I just think we've got an LSU team that either because of health or because of availability or suspensions, they're just not going to be running at 100%. Um, Florida State, luckily, has been able to get out of camp with any kind of significant setbacks. I like the Knowles uh, more than the Tigers. Not an official play right now, but uh, a lean here on a Wednesday. And the Knowles are led by a quarterback that if you didn't watch him play last year, Jordan Travis is out of this world. And A.B., if you've got a great quarterback in football, that can lead to points. 
and you think Florida State will get off to a good start in this game. Tell me why. Yes, sir. We're going to take Florida State first half team total over 13 and a half. So we're getting it under that key number of 14. Essentially, I think that they score two touchdowns in this first half, right? I think that that's the plan. Come out against LSU, foot on the gas pedal, all gas, no brakes, and put points up and force LSU to play in like, which I don't think that they can. If you look at the head coach, Mike Norvell for Florida State, he's actually coached against Brian Kelly three times in his career. And three times he's covered the spread. This man knows what he's doing. And Florida State, they have all the confidence in the world. Now, I'm not picking who wins the game because LSU, baseball team, you made us a lot of money. Paul Skeen, shout out to you. We love everybody at LSU. That's why I'm not picking the game. But I am taking Florida State to score over 13 and a half points in the first half because that's the plan for success. And keeping a lookout, Florida State, in a couple weeks in September, they play Clemson. If they win these two games, buddy, look out for the Citadels. Uh, say the last name of that star pitcher. Paul Skeens, right? Yeah. Do you see he was complaining? And I don't want to hear it. You guys see he was complaining because his privacy. He says he lost his privacy because of his new relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't date Livy Dunn. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't date the most popular female athlete in the world. Yeah. Maybe you don't do that, Paul. I Sounds like he doesn't have good Riz game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, our fifth and final game as far as our bets bets are concerned. And I love doing it this way. This is fantastic. Unbelievable information from the three of you. So the last game, Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Clemson, they're going to have the entire stage to themselves. They're not a top 10 team preseason, but they are a top 15, excuse me, they are a top 10 team, but not a top five team, excuse me. Number nine preseason, but we know it doesn't matter. You got to play these games, get back into it. They're traveling on the road to Durham to take on Duke. The number is 13 for Clemson, the total of 55 and a half. EC, let's start with you. I actually agree with this play because I think sometimes when you got a big old fat chip on your shoulder, you got to come out and bury somebody, especially when you're on national TV and on a Monday night. Tell me what you like. Well, exactly right, Coach. They have the stage to themselves. The game is at Duke. And let's be honest, Duke football doesn't really attract nearly as many diehard fans as their basketball team. Who do you think is going to have more fans in, that, in those stands? Is it going to be Clemson or Duke? I'll let you guys decide. But I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of orange. Listen, I think Duke had a great first season under Mike Elko last year. But who did they play? You know how many ranked teams they faced? Zero. Nine wins against really nobody that good. Clemson rolls. Cade Klubnick, is he a, I'd call him a, a very low-key Heisman contender. You want to get him at a price? Fine. But I think under anything under 13 and a half is great value. So I'll take 12 and a half, 13. Fine with me. All right. And when you have a two-touchdown favorite, and usually there's not a lot of NFL games like this, but you got to kind of pick the, the play that you want to make. I would never lay 14 and also play the under. So you're going to have to choose after listening to chip two reasons to take the under and yes this is an official play for me um the first is the game script for duke because duke has uh, riley leonard a player who i do think is gonna play in the nfl graham barton on the offensive line someone who other power five teams wanted he decided to stay at duke Dwayne carter on the defensive line you know there are maybe five six players who are got attention from other teams 
You know who got attention from other teams in the recruitment process? Players 1 through 45 on Clemson's roster. It is the more talented team. If you are Duke, you want to shorten this game. You want to put together long drives. You want to play keep away from a Clemson offense now under the direction of former TCU offensive coordinator uh, Garrett Riley. They're going to be playing up-tempo. They're going to be going fast. How do you keep an up-tempo offense from getting into a rhythm and shredding you over the course of four quarters? You don't let them touch the ball. Offense, defense, special teams, literally every decision from that game script for Duke should be with shortening the game and giving your quarterback, Riley Leonard, a chance to go make magic happen in the fourth. Now there's the second angle to this, which is OBGD. Big game Dabo. I've been holding on to this one for a long time. I've been covering this Clemson team intimately since they broke that 20-year ACC title run uh, drought back in 2011. Big game Dabo knows he has one of the best defenses in the entire country. Knows his defensive line, which has been putting in NFL player after NFL player and will continue to do so at least for the next four years, that them being able to overwhelm the opponent is an advantage that you can basically ride all the way to a win. He punts in plus territory. He goes for field goals on fourth and short, even when it's a short little chip shot. He just figures our defense is the best group out there. Leads to a lot of unders. And I know it sounds crazy to say that the Duke game is a big game. I think big game Dabo is going to be making the kinds of decisions that help us take this one under. They move with a lot of yards, yes, but if they get stymied in the red zone, I don't think he's going to get aggressive. Well, it's a big game for them because they lost several games last year. They weren't the dominant team, and Dabo wants to get back to that this year. Don't you agree? Uh, 100%. I, I think it's also respect for Mike Elko and Duke because they are going to be a team that will be even better but with a worse record by three games. Won yeah. nine games last year against, as you mentioned, a soft schedule. They play everybody tough in the ACC this year. They're going to struggle to get to a bowl, but the quality of the opponent here is, is worth respecting. All right, so let's set a scenario. It's 10 nothing at halftime, and then that would kind of secure us the under. And then in the second half, they start to flex their muscles a little bit. And how about like 34 to 10 would cash AB your play? Absolutely. We're going to take Clemson. Second half team total over 16 and a half. Look, we're getting it under key number 17. Everything Chip just laid out is 1,000% correct. Duke is going to try, keep the ball away. That's only going to last for so long. And I don't mind the way Dabo coaches in regards to, you know, kicking field goals, things like that. Two touchdowns and a field goal gets us home 17 points or more in the second half. That's what we want, and that's exactly what we're going to get out of Clemson because, remember, the last time that they were on the field, Coach, you mentioned something about them losing games last year. Well, uh, the last time they are on the field in the Orange Bowl, Tennessee drubbed them about 31-14, ran them all around the field. Dabo's going to want to get a little payback on somebody. Yeah, take it out on Duke. All right, very, very good. So those are our top five games of the week. If you like how we did that and you want us to do that all year, go ahead and write like it into the chat. That's all I need. Very simple. Just write like it into the chat and then keep on talking amongst yourselves. Any other questions, you can put them in the chat as well. So it's time for our board. That our three guys went and said, these are the games that I like. No rhyme, no reason. We start at Thursday and move all the way through to Monday. But not before we tease you just a little bit. Because in just eight days, what I like to call our bread and butter at CBS will kick off with the Lions and the Chiefs, the NFL, on CBS. You saw Keenan Allen in that little video, a part of our primetime shows every Sunday night. 
Monday night and Thursday night, a man who coached Keenan Allen and all the Chargers wide receivers, Phil McKagan. He's a part of our team this year. If you don't know, go back and watch Hard Knocks. He's the guy that yelled at all the receivers and got them to work. He's going to get the crew to work this year and have an incredible crew for primetime games. All right, gentlemen, it's time for our board. EC, I'm starting with you because you have one play from Friday night. You're getting started with Maction early. Talk to me. Well, Coach, first of all, I have to say, my parents went to the University of Miami. That's where they met. So, you know, got to go with the U here. But if this is the game for the real Miami, as, as Miami, Ohio quarterback Brett Gabbert called it. They'll show who the real Miami is. Uh, wait a second. Uh, Miami, Florida is going to win this game. Let's not confuse ourselves. But my play, my official play is going to be on the over 45 and a half. So the Hurricanes have a new air raid offense under former Houston offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson. They have nine offensive starters back. And by the way, the first Miami of Ohio each game, each or the first Miami Ohio game against an FBS team each season has totaled 50 or more points since 2012. We're going to see points in South Florida. Miami, Florida is going to score 30 plus. I think the, the Red Hawks can get a few, but I think we're going to see a high scoring affair in game number one. All right. So hold tight. That's for Friday night. Again, there's about 11 games on Thursday. I believe there's six games on Friday. Then Saturday's a full slate. AB, I'm coming to you. It would not be a week one show without something from Tennessee and Virginia. What do we got? Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to go Tennessee and Virginia. We're going to the Tennessee second half team total over 19 and a half. You've noticed a trend here in regards to which teams are going to start fast, which teams are going to you know, kind of pick it up quickly in the second half. I think Tennessee is going to be fast in both halves. Look, they're playing this game in Nashville at the Titan Stadium. It's going to be a home crowd. I assure you, our office is right beside Nissan Stadium. There's already Vols fans out there tailgating. And look, there's a brand new turf field that was just installed at Nissan Stadium that's never been used in a football game in the history of life. And I've seen it. It is a superiorly fast track. It is going to be a nightmare for Virginia. Tennessee is going to score early. They're going to score often. And Joe Milton, if you haven't seen this quarterback for Tennessee, all right, this guy only knows nine routes and he throws it, I promise you, 135 miles an hour. It is insane. This guy has an absolute cannon on his arm. Take the ball second half. Did you like something in Alabama too there, A.B.? Just a thought. Yeah, I did. Oh, oh, okay. Now, Middle Tennessee State is going to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama, and I like the over 51 and a half in this game, and I'll tell you why. Blue Raiders, I pray for you. Look, Nick Saban, all right, his last eight season openers, he is 8-0 straight up, 7-1 against the spread, and he has to figure out his quarterback situation confidently moving forward, meaning he is going to test his offense all game long. And anybody that thinks, yeah, you know, they take it easy on a group of five teams. No, they don't. No, they don't at all. All right, Alabama, they're averaging 46 and a half points per game in their last six against group of five teams. And I'll give you an example. Last year, they played two of them. They played Utah State. They played Louisiana Monroe. Guess what? They outscored them 118 to 7. They just beat the brakes off of them left and right. Nick Saban's going to do it again. Take the over. All right, so we're going to take the over 51 and a half. So, Chip, obviously I'm going to come to you because if one of your picks is going to hit, let's say Middle Tennessee State scores 10. So I'm going to need you to score at least 51 on their own. Tell me why that can happen. 
It can happen because of the two quarterback principle, as we discussed earlier with Ohio State, the idea that when you do go from whoever the first quarterback is, which we don't know, to the second quarterback, which we don't know. Heck, if they're even going to go to the third quarterback, they brought in Tyler Buckner after spring practice from the transfer portal. You got to at least give them some snaps. And when you throw them out there, you can't, as we mentioned earlier, just have them handing the ball off. So I think that Alabama has every intention of being aggressive, even as they work their way down the quarterback depth chart. Um, I'm just going to you know, take you back to the last time we had a real quarterback competition like this. The season was 2016. The Alabama quarterback who took the first start snap was named Blake Barnett. He had two series. Then a young man, true freshman by the name of Jalen Hurts, <laughs> stepped into the game, and Alabama went on to win 52-3. to And that would be a cover at this number. And that was against USC, not Middle Tennessee. And that would also get us the over. We go Alabama. We lay the 39. But one other piece of this, I think Alabama's defense might be the best in the country. The guy, Jaheim Otis, is like 360 pounds at nose tackle, and he is going to ruin the lives of interior offensive linemen this year. You throw in Dallas Turner at linebacker, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Caleb Downs. I mean, this is a defense for Alabama that has like surefire pro after surefire pro. I'm thrilled to watch this Crimson Tide team hold Mill Tennessee under seven points in this game. Offense can do the rest. Also, let me take you out to a big upset alert I've got for Washington State as they've got to go play Colorado State. Colorado State had a rough start last year. Jay Norvell and them boys, they stepped out. They had a brand new roster. Steve Adazio left a smoldering uh, heap of crap as a football program. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to pull that thing up. And it started with getting your brains beat in by Michigan and then get losing to this very Washington State team. But as the season went on, as we often see with year one coaches, later in the year, things start to click. Colorado State got dialed in. They ended up going three and five, nearly went 500 in conference play. This is so much of a better team and they're playing at home, and you've got revenge from the year before. Uh, I like being able to get the double digits here at 12. I'm seeing that it's dropped to 11.5 or 11, all dead numbers when we're talking about college football. So, yes, buy up the 11, buy up the 11.5, but if you follow me on Sportsline, you were able to get it when I put that pick in uh, yesterday. And finally, uh, in addition to the official plays mentioned earlier, we're going to go ahead and get Baylor, lay it just under four touchdowns. This is a Baylor defense that it's a reputation game. Uh, they fired the defensive coordinator. They're changing the scheme. Uh, they're really trying to come out and go up against a Texas State attack that's going to spread you out. You know, very old school Baylor with the way they've got their splits out there. Vertical game. Uh, I think that this is a great challenge for Dave Aranda and this new look Bears defense. I think they answer that challenge and the defensive improvement for this Baylor team is what helps them win handily and go into Big 12 play with a little bit more confidence. Every time I have somebody reach out to me, Coach, I think I can do this at the national TV level. I simply say, go watch Chip Patterson and come back to me when you're ready. Coach, may I add one thing to what Chip said of in course. regards to Alabama? If you want a classic Nick Saban chewing people out on the sidelines, remember, Nick Saban and Alabama have a brand-new offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese and a brand-new defensive coordinator in Kevin Steele, even though he's been there before. Nick Saban sets a tone with his players and he sets a tone with his coordinators. He's going to be, if they're up 50 to nothing, he's wearing them yeah. out, setting a standard. This is a classic Alabama blowout game. Classic. Classic. Classic <laughs> Alabama blowout game. Now, we like to reward people here at the early edge. And so every single week, whoever has the best week will get to go last. So, EC, I thought it would be nice that for our week one, 
preview that you get to go first. And if you are as good as you think you are, you should be going last the entire season. There should be no reason why you would ever come out of this spot when we do our best bets. So for week number one, floor is yours. Well, thank you, coach. I'm honored. Listen, to, to beat two esteemed panelists like that in, in week zero, I'll take it. But we have to take it week by week, and we'll see what happens. Let's start with these three best bets, East Carolina and Michigan over 51 and a half. So get this, in all three non-conference games last year, Michigan dropped 50 or more points. They have eight returning starters on offense. East Carolina is no slouch either. They scored 20 or more in 11 of 13 games last year. Now, they have only 10 returning starters. I think all we need is like 10. Michigan scores at least 42. Give us maybe two scores, ECU, and this hits. Hey, Michigan may hit it on their own. So I, I feel very confident in this one way or the other. But, Coach, you mentioned earlier, who plays unders when it's under 50? Well, Chip and I do, apparently. I'm rolling with Illinois Toledo under 46 and a half. So the Rockets had a top 25 defense last year, have eight starters back on both sides of the ball from a team that won the MAC title and went nine and five overall. But don't forget, Illinois has six starters back from the number one scoring defense last year. They only gave up 12.4 points per game. This one is going to be ugly. Winner gets 20, loser doesn't. This one goes way under. And finally, we're going to go with, you know, Chip loves to play those big numbers, minus 27 and a half, minus 39. I'm going to play a minus one. UTSA at Houston. So UTSA has moved to the AAC Houston now in the Big 12. UTSA won their opener in 2021 at Illinois, but lost in triple overtime last year to Houston in one of the best games of the year that nobody talked about. They have 16 starters back, including a seventh-year quarterback in Frank Harris. I think UTSA may be the best group of five team this year, along with Boise State. So I will gladly lay the one point on the road in Houston. I want to keep our eyes, guys, on the early season over and unders that we play to see if the new college clock rules are going to come into play. Because I felt like last weekend on a couple of games, if it would have been the old rules, we would have had a chance to hit those. And uh, I can't remember the Jacksonville State, I think. There's a lot of late scoring one of those. Does anybody have their thoughts on after watching the games last weekend if the new clock issue could lead to more unders? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Jacksonville State UTEP, as you mentioned, was bananas, like the the way that things sort of came down the stretch there. It's very hard to take that. But a back and forth game was Vanderbilt and Hawaii and both had 10 less Russian pass attempts compared to their last year average. Everything, every other game was like one team was higher, one team was lower. Like it wasn't really in sync. But Hawaii Vanderbilt is the one game where it seemed like the flow of the game impacted both of them the same. Again, both of them having 10 less Russian pass attempts than they would on average the previous season. Uh, I'll say this. Tennessee already has the fastest offense in the country in terms of time, right? Josh Heupel, he's already said, we're going even faster this year. Every six seconds, I don't care if you're ready or not, we're going. So, yeah. And, and Coach, my, just my quick thought on it. I don't think in blowout games it's going to make a difference. We saw USC and San Jose State last week, 56-28. That flew over the total. By the way, I like the USC over 66 against Nevada this weekend. Just throwing that out there. Listen, you think Lincoln Riley cares about these new clock rules? He was trying to throw with two minutes left up 28. Yeah, I played that live plus 25. I'm a little bitter about that one. Thank you, San Jose State, for playing good in the first quarter. Uh, by the way, uh, Chip already mentioned it, and I'm going to tell you right now that there has never been a better time. What are we doing this live on August 30th? Is today August 30th? Yes. Well, guess what? 
when every other service out there is now coming out of the woodwork. They're now coming out like they're rising from the dead because they've been dead for the last three months because they take three months off. We haven't missed a day since day freaking one in December of 2020. So if you're not a part of what we do, let's make it happen right here, right now. I'm going to give you 60% off your first three months. Use a promo code COACH. And I'll give you three, I mean, 60% off. Then after that, we're really going to gouge you for 10 bucks a month. By then, you're going to be playing with house money. Come be a part of what we're doing. All of the articles and football is the most important one. We have soccer, tennis, basketball, baseball. We have it all, but you got to be a part of what we're doing. And you get all the picks when they're given out, which is usually much earlier than our shows air. All three of my guys are Sportsline Cappers. You can get all their picks there every single day. So you guys know that <clears throat> after we do the recap screen. So grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap, courtesy of the snake. Always on the ones and the twos. Chips on Alabama, minus the 39. Ohio State, minus the 30. Colorado State, upset alert against Washington State. Clemson, Duke, that's Monday night. Then the Baylor Bears lay the four touchdowns. Then EC, Utah, that game is Thursday. Ohio State, Indiana, let's go over 59 and a half. Clemson, Monday night, Miami of Ohio against Miami of the U, over 45 and a half. Michigan, that's the first game on Saturday, noon Eastern. The Wolverines, number five, playing without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh. He's suspended for a few games. Illinois, Toledo, we're going under. Then UTSA, minus one. Then AB, five big plays. MTSU, Alabama, over 51.5. Florida, team total over 20.5 in that Utah game. Tennessee, second half, team total over 19.5. Let's let Tennessee get warmed up a little bit. Florida State, first half, team total. And Clemson, second half, team total over 16.5. So you got all different kinds of plays. But you know here on our specialty shows, I like to ask my guys, my crew, what's the number one thing they're most looking forward to for week one in college football? EC, let's start with you. Coach, I'm looking forward to being down in Tucson to watch this team play live. One of the best, highest-scoring teams in college football last year, the University of Arizona Wildcats. Can't bet them this week against Northern Arizona, but for the next 11 games, watch out and take the over. How about you, A.B.? Yeah, so Notre Dame this weekend is playing their first FCS school ever in history of Notre Dame football. They're going up against Tennessee State, who is coached by friend of the show, former Heisman Trophy winner, Eddie George. And Eddie, feel bad, buddy. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Chip, bring us home. All right, we've got double headers on Saturday and Sunday on CBS. And on the back end of that Ohio State-Indiana game we discussed earlier, there's a game where Texas Tech is going to be traveling to Wyoming. And it is one of the games I'm looking forward to, to the most because it's going to be windy there in there, me. Laramie, Wyoming, War Memorial Stadium. You try throwing the ball 45 times at your own risk, and crosswinds will get you done. So, yeah, Wyoming and its upset bid against Texas Tech on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. All right, I encourage you to follow all of my guys, also CBS Sports HQ, as they live there every single day. I'll be hosting Primetime Scoreboard tonight. If you are watching live, we're doing live betting, a little futures. We do it all, but we are everywhere at CBS. We never stop. For you. So, with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these college football plays and tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Lobo, EC, AB, Chip, Snake, always on the ones and twos, making the show look like a million bucks. We grind for you so we can win with you. It's truly what we're all about right here 
at the Early Wedge. Good luck.